Month four, February. Nina's case file was growing. Yeah. One day in my own bad mood, I returned home early, and I could still smell her perfume. Damn it. I immediately called her cell phone to tell her to stop. You stop, she said. Suddenly, Nina and I were arguing. She must have had this conversation with other tenants before. With no provocation, she told me under no conditions could I sublet or move out. Baselessly, she asserted I was locked in to 20 more months of obligatory $500 a month rent. She told me it would be $10,000 in unpaid rent to leave. I told her that was bullshit. I chuckled about the $10,000 fine and told her I'd call her back. A few days later, I saw Nina outside. She was horrified by a small terrier, the Toto kind from Wizard of Oz, Dorothy's dog. It was funny. That reminded me about our lease. The same document she said I couldn't leave, sublet, or abandon. It was a boilerplate-type lease, the kind you might buy at a stationery store. I looked through it and found my jackpot. There it was. Dogs are included, no strings attached, not even a deposit. I called Nina to apologize for our conversation. I mentioned it was the city, mostly. You know how it is, the muggings and the judge knifings, and that I was just going to get a dog. Nina told me, suddenly worried, that any cat-sized dog is fine, but no larger. What kind of dog are you thinking? She asked. I said I was going to get a very large dog, probably something that looked like a bear. I told her that I hoped that she would honor the same lease agreement that we had both signed. When she challenged me on this, I offered her a deal. No dog if she would pay me out of the lease. It would only be $10,000. You Russians. You are worse as Germans, she asserted angrily. Fine, get your dog. I take time to find the right dog. And the story of that dog's galvanizing effect on my life is one of my most thankful memories. But to immediately address my issues with Nina, I took a field recorder outside to Chicago. I auditioned dogs outside who felt suitably vocal and gave them the combined part of an hour-long mixtape. I let the mixtape play at low volume on auto reverse while I sought out a more permanent solution. I soon found the perfect idea. Radio Shack had a voice record playback chip in their catalog, the ISD-1000A specifically, item number 2761325, you can look it up which offered up to 20 seconds of recorded 8-bit sound. I found an article describing steps on making a simple sound-activated talkback circuit with a small handful of diodes, resistors, capacitors, a small mic, and a 2N3904 MPM transistor. You could wire it up to an amplifier to be as loud as you'd like. The microphone would monitor for sound and have four or five separate dog recordings trigger randomly off the chip. All the better, I could set one of the switches that's set to be closed in the door frame. Opening the door would unpress the switch and the dogs would start howling. I was excited to experiment. But I soon learned you didn't need much innovation to scare off a Polish landlord suffering from sinophobia, fear of dog. Idea of dog proved very effective on its own. FDR was right. All that's required was fear itself. A sign on both doors saying, warning, dog inside. It's all that was needed. Nina never entered again. When the Radio Shack components arrived in the mail, I used them instead inside the piano, triggering a small variety of samples where no key would play a note. And I considered one of my earlier battles in life nicely completed. 